I'm here with James Garade. Welcome into the MLB DFS Playbook live stream and podcast here. We are recording for Thursday's early slate, James. It is split slate Thursday. We have five games kicking off in the afternoon. We have a five-game main slate happening later on. Uh, so per usual, here we are covering the early slate for everybody on the podcast. James and I will be back live at 5 o'clock Eastern to break down the main slate. We'll have the playbook covering down the main slate. But, you know, everybody loves a little day baseball action. Everyone loves a little day baseball action. That is correct. Everyone loves Thursday because you usually get two slates. Um, and two slates are better than one. At least that's what they tell us, you know. Um, not always for our bank accounts, but two slates in this instance in terms of content better than one. So, yeah, excited to have uh, five games early and five games late. We'll be covering both here at Fantasy Alarm and Better Sports Network. Yep, 100% there. Uh, on this five-gamer here, we got the Dodgers, Cincinnati, Arizona, Washington, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Milwaukee, and yes, we do have Coors Field uh, on this slate here as well, San Francisco, Colorado, uh, finishing out this series. Uh, James, as we're recording now, do we have any totals or spreads alive for us to take a look at? Yeah, Clayton Kershaw and the Los Angeles Dodgers, minus 215. That's your biggest favorite on the board um, in Cincinnati still for this one. Graham Ashcraft headed to the mound for Cincinnati. Uh, Merrill Kelly and the Arizona Dimebacks, minus 155 in Washington. Tampa Bay, slight favorites at home, minus 150. I'm interested to see if that line moves uh, more throughout the night and into the morning. Uh, But minus 150, Tampa is at home against Bailey Ober and the Minnesota Twins. Colin Ray and Kyle Bradish battle it out in Baltimore and Milwaukee. That is even, dead money, 110 each side. And then Alex Cobb and the San Francisco Giants, minus 175 in Coors Field to take on the Rockies. Um, Over-unders, let's see if we have anything of note. 10 implied runs in Dodgers. Reds, 9 implied runs in Arizona. Washington, only 7 in Tampa Bay and Minnesota. 9 implied runs in Baltimore, Milwaukee, and then 11 in Coors. So, Four of the five games have nine implied run, run totals. Two are in double digits. And who knows how high Bradish Ray could get. Who knows right. how high Merrill Kelly and, and Josiah Gray could get. By the yeah, time. 100% sure. here. Uh, James, let's get into it here. Uh, no real weather concerns, I don't think, at least yet. We'll, we'll be able to update everybody uh, in the afternoon there. I know Colorado, again, has had kind of rain there all, all week. But uh, we'll see if there actually ends up being an impact there or not. Uh, we'll go over to starting pitching. It's a small slate, everybody here, so uh, not a ton to discuss given the uh, 10 starting pitchers and maybe only a few of them are usable. But for me here, uh, it's you know top two guys. It's Clayton Kershaw, Tyler Glass now. Those are the two guys that I am looking to go to uh, as my top options here. Uh, does Kershaw in Cincinnati worry me? A little bit. I mean, they do have some guys that can hit right-handed pitching in that lineup, and of course, they now have Ellie De La Cruz, you know, in that lineup as well. And Kershaw hasn't been unhittable. You know, if you look at his recent game logs, he's been giving up some runs and whatnot. So, you know, the ballpark there certainly lends to the potential for some runs to be given up. But if you're looking on the slate and looking at ceiling, you know, strikeout strikeout wise, there's only a couple of guys there that could get double digits. Uh, Kershaw is one of them. Yeah, I think Kershaw is one of them. I am a little weary. Um... The strikeouts have been awesome in pretty much the entire year. Only two starts below six strikeouts through his first 12. Uh, he has looked, you know, like a Cy Young candidate in the NL. It's obviously a scary ballpark. I prefer 
Tyler Glasnow's matchup. I also like that, you know, we've now seen 83 and 88 pitches in back-to-back starts for Glasnow, his first two of the year. Now, will he break down at some point? That remains to be seen. It has happened pretty much every year of his career. Uh, but right now, he is healthy. And you know what? The two starts that he made, Dodgers and Red Sox, not yeah. exactly the easiest two matchups. Minnesota, very banged up. Byron Buxton to the IL. Kirilov's been in and out of the lineup lately. Royce Lewis been in and out of the lineup lately. Um, I know both are likely to play here, but um, still, it's a de- it's kind of a depressed Minnesota lineup. And um, so I like Glass now. I also like what Merrill Kelly's been doing. I think this is insane, and I don't think people are really paying much attention to Merrill Kelly, but 2-8 ERA, 77 strikeouts and 70 and two-thirds innings. And his last, like, Handful of starts, eight strikeouts, 10 strikeouts, four, nine, six, and 10 in those. And that second 10 strikeout game, because he's had two in his last six, came against Washington, a team who doesn't really strike out. A lot of wins lately, six of his last seven starts, he's notched a win. Like maybe Merrill Kelly's just a very good pitcher that doesn't get a lot of respect on his name. And I understand Washington has been good against right handed pitching. I am aware of it. Um, you know, they didn't have a problem with him last time, and yeah. he really hasn't had a problem with, you know, this isn't, like, not the hardest stretch, but his last two wins came against Atlanta, where he only allowed two earned over seven innings, and Boston's one earned over six and a third, right. ten strikeouts, like two of the better offenses in baseball. So uh, shout out to Merrill Kelly, who's having himself a hell of a year right now. Yeah, the 9.81 K per nine is the highest of his career. Uh, walks also the highest of his career, 3.5 walks per nine. Um, but you know, basically showing that at last year, then it wasn't really a fluke. He finished the year with a 337 ERA, is at 2.8. Uh, his underlying numbers sure a little bit elevated, but not like grossly 2.8 ERA, 3.67 FIP, 3.6 X FIP. So, you know, sure, maybe <clears throat> slight regression, but nothing that's going to blow you up uh, on a lineup. I-, I like those two guys when it comes to my uh, value. On this one, again, I, I, you know, we don't often do it, but I go to course here. Uh, Alex Cobb going up against Colorado. I just don't think much of this Rockies offense here. Um, so, course be damned. I'm throwing guys against the Rockies. Uh, Alex Cobb's at $7,500. Yeah, as long as he keeps the ball on the ground, he's not going to give up many runs in course. It's going to basically be like he's not pitching course. Right. Um, so, that's he's been awesome pretty much all year with the exception of one start against Milwaukee, um, which is significant because my value play is up against Milwaukee. Yay. Um, Kyle Bradish. And again, I'm, I'm not like overly confident in Kyle Bradish here. I don't think you can really be overly confident in much down here. Um, Kyle Bradish is the lesser of all the evils I'd say, uh, but he has had some really good matchup or really good outings this year and some pretty tough spots, you know, Texas six and two thirds, one run in the midst of their, you know, run to being arguably the best offense in baseball. Uh, He was really good against the Angels, six and two-thirds, one run. The strikeouts are, like, middling for Bradish. He sits around four to five in in most outings. Um, But we've seen 18 fantasy points or more five times this year. And Milwaukee's offense has really taken a plunge against right-handed pitching. And I know they're going to get Willie Adamas back, and, and he's, you know, that's obviously a key cog in their lineup a guy who hits righties extremely well, especially in Milwaukee. Like that's yeah. been our 
place to use Willie Adamas, like especially righties in Milwaukee. He's talked about being able to see there. Um, they're still ninth in strikeout rate. They're bottom 10 OPS, bottom 10 in Woba against right-handed pitching as a team. So even if Willie Adamas beats me for a home run, um, if that's the only thing Bradish gives up, I'm I'm confident that he can have a, a pretty good outing here. Yep. Uh, my fate on this play is going to be Bailey Ober. I get that Bailey Ober's been pitching really well, no doubt about it. Two, two, three, three ERA, uh, sub one whip. You look at some of the teams he's faced, he's fared well in tough spots here. Um, but this is a guy that if you do look at some of his underlying numbers, there is some potential regression there. He's got an XFIP and a Sierra over four uh, for a guy that has a two, three, three ERA. Uh, his strikeout numbers are really nothing to, to write home about. They're kind of middling um, here. So, uh, Tampa Bay, one of the best offenses in baseball all season long. It doesn't really matter who they're up against. They're just a tough out. Uh, so I'm not going to be throwing Bailey over on this slate against the Rays. He is also my fade. And um, in our fantasy, in our seasonal fantasy league, I had the option to play Louis Varland on Tuesday, John. And I said, no, I'm not going to play Louis Varland against the Rays. And that was the correct decision. And I just feel like, this could be another situation daily or seasonal. Like you don't need to play these guys against the Rays. Like they're going, the Rays are annoying offense, drive up pitch counts. And, and, now, they're hitting for power. Yeah. and now they're hitting for power. And if over it gets into any issues, he's thrown less than 80 pitches in two of his last three starts. This could be yeah. a very short outing for him. Yeah. Uh, on the season against right-handed pitching, Tampa Bay is number one in the league in Woba. They are number two in ISO. That's really all you need to know there. They're now do lefties. Now do lefties. They're also yeah. number one in all the categories. Yeah, right. It, it doesn't matter. Lefty or they just match. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, they're they're just a tough tough team to go up against. Um, so I'm out on Bailey over here today. Uh, we're gonna break down the infield position now here, James. So talk to me when we're coming about our top infielders for our lineups tonight. Where are we going? So I'm gonna head to cores. Um, we've talked about this a lot that. Tyro Estrada has been specifically good against right-handed pitching. Now he's been good against everybody, um, but he gets a matchup against Chase Anderson, who will regress one day, right? Like one day. One would assume him and Kyle Freeland pitching well, you know, every time they're on the court. He is not missing bats. He is like the home runs are starting to creep in for Chase Anderson. We saw two in his last start, one in the start prior. He hadn't allowed a home run in his first four outings of the year. 96.5% strand rate. Like that. It's impossible. Imp- impossible. And uh Tharoshada is going to be scoring a lot of runs here. I think he is one of the best, if not one of the best, like the best spend up on the day because he has power. Now it's not like, 30 home run power, but he can hit 20 home runs in a year. He has 21 extra base hits on the year, 13 stolen bases while hitting 300. And he hits righties extremely well. Um, so Thara Estrada is my top option. I'm sticking right in this same spot because, again, the, the regression is coming for Chase Anderson in a big way. Um, I don't care that he keeps skating by. Again, two home runs in his last game. Both were solo shots, which, you know, is unfortunate because you, you mentioned the 96% strand rate. Well, J.D. Davis is going to deposit one here. Uh, he has been excellent against right-handed pitching. Seven home runs, 27 ribbies, 288 average, 377 Woba against right-handed pitching for J.D. Davis. I know we don't typically think of him as a guy who is $4,900, but over his last 10, 351, 1,000 OPS, like, and now he gets cores. I love J.D. Davis, and I love Dyra Estrada. And my third top infielder, I'm actually going to go to the catcher position. I, I know that's like 
kind of a different approach, but Adley Rutschman um, gets Colin Ray. We know Rutschman has been significantly better from the left side in terms of power throughout the beginning stages of his career. And Colin Ray, the regression has started to hit him. Lefties are killing this guy. 860 OPS allowed, 370 Woba, um, and Rutschman 278 average. Seven of his eight home runs have come against righties, 367 Woba uh, for Rutschman. So Rutschman's my third spend up. Um, the two guys in San Francisco and Rutschman are my top plays in the field. Yeah, I uh, definitely like San Fran. Again, anytime you get a team in cores, right, you're going to be kind of going – uh, in that direction. Uh, for me, I'm just kind of lumping it together. I'll cheat a little bit. I'm just going to Dodgers infield here against <laughs> uh, Will Smith at catcher, Freddie Freeman at first base, Max Muncy third base, Mookie Betts is second base eligibility. Uh, I'm, pl- I'm playing all of them, right? there. Yep. Uh, Graham Ashcraft has been terrible. Uh, righties on the year of 523 mm-hmm. slug with a 394 uh, weighted on base. Uh, lefties don't fare nearly as well, but again, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy in Cincinnati, like I'll take my chances there. You still got uh, a 414 slug there against them. He's still a lot of three home runs already on the year against left-handed uh, hitters. So, uh, but righties are doing the damage. So Mookie at second, uh, Will Smith at catcher are the core Dodgers infielders there uh, for me today when it comes to top plays. And then I was with you, uh, Estrada for sure at, at second base as well. Uh, if you're not using Mookie there, uh, just in a lock and load play for today. Uh, for me, when it comes to value, uh, of course, we go back down to Ali De La Awesome, who today <laughs> for this slate also now has third base eligibility. How about that? Amazing. Yep. Uh, third in, in shortstop eligibility here. Now he's going up against Clayton Kershaw. Maybe that keeps some roster ship down on him, but yep. like the kid is electric. So, and as I mentioned, Kershaw hasn't been unhittable right he's not the Cy Young sub two Kershaw that we saw in his prime days you know so uh, I'll give Ellie an opportunity here for some value Uh, I think Gunnar Henderson if he's in the lineup has some appeal to me as well um going up against Colin Ray he's been hitting the ball pretty well lately if he's I know he's missed some time but if he's back I do like that from Gunnar Henderson uh and then my final value play uh is Jaime Candelario also at third base here um, a guy that is actually hitting better against righties and lefties on the season. We talk about how I like Washington against righties on the year. Like this team of the last couple of weeks starting to hit them really well and hit them for power. Um, and if you can give me Candelario at a pretty good price tag uh, against Merrill Kelly, who no one, again, no one's really going to be looking to pitch against or hit against Merrill Kelly. But on a smaller slate, like five games, if you kind of take a stance, on a team and maybe go in a different direction. Cause I think people are going to be looking at Merrill Kelly as an option on this slate. Cause it's Washington. You right. Exactly. Uh, going up against him could be a way to put you ahead in these uh, tournaments. Yeah. I think there's a case to be made on both sides. Like Kelly's been obviously pitching as well as he has his whole career. And Washington's currently at peak in peak form. Like they're just, they hit lefty the other night, Tommy Henry, like they destroyed yeah. him. They, Grand Slam in the first inning. Uh, after Don't Garrett. You, know, you called Stone, him up. Congrats. Don't Garrett. Um, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm in lockstep with you, Ellie and Gunner. I have a couple, like, I had a guy that we could classify here. Uh, if You know, if you want to add someone, and I'll do it. Sure. Uh, I'll just screw it. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn. And I mentioned the, the struggles for um, Colin Ray against left-handed bats. I don't know what has, what's in Ryan O'Hearn's water these days. And, like, 
what suddenly clicked for this guy because I actually liked using Ryan O'Hearn when he was in KC. Oh, he was always cheap and always like cheap first baseman bat. Yeah. I mean, he's been pretty good. Like over his last 10 games playing every day, seven extra base hits. Three of them have left the yard a thousand or 1100 OPS, 344 average, 750 slug. And again, Colin Ray's deficiencies are against left-handed bats. You can play O'Hearn at first. You can play him in the outfield. And it's in Milwaukee. It's a good hitting environment. Like, it's not Baltimore. So, I like Ryan O'Hearn. Homer there last night uh, against them. Or two nights ago, rather. Um, You know, as everybody's watching this here on on Thursday. Homer on Tuesday uh, in Milwaukee. So, yeah, listen, I I like that call a lot. A good price tag, spend down, uh, and maybe a spot that not many people look to get to here. Um, any other values for you? Um, no, let's head on to our fades. All right. Uh, fades for me here. Um, you know, I, I like Tampa, but I don't know if I'm spending up for Wander on this. It, it, it's going to feel odd to play Tampa without Wander, but he's $5,800. Um, and I think that there's some value plays on this slate that at shortstop that we could get to. Ellie obviously stands out there where, kind of help you spend around and get the other raise in your lineup if you want to go in that direction. So uh, I know the stolen base upside's there, but against lefties is the Wander split side that we like. Uh, from the left side of the plate, he doesn't really do too much power-wise. So uh, I'm fading Wander Franco here, even though I do like Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't dislike that um, call. It's obviously, like you said, it's hard to just play a team with their best player or without their best player, you know? Um, so I'm, but I'm also like, I'm also fading Bailey over. So I don't know, you know, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm indifferent about the wander, uh, about the wander fade because we're both in agreement that we're fading over. I know what you're saying, that yeah. there's better, that there's better pricing and we're going to want to obviously pay up for like the Dodgers and cores and stuff. And they're expensive. So I can, I can, the merit there is definitely that I'm not going to play Rowdy Tellez. Um, he has been horrible. Maybe getting Willie Adamas hitting in front of him will soften things a little bit for him. Um, but he's six for his last 37. He's striking out a whole bunch. He's hitting for no power whatsoever. I cannot believe he has a triple on his resume this year. That seems impossible. <laughs> um, but I guess Kevin Garnett told us anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. Um, so. I'm going to be fading Rowdy Tellez. And lefties have actually had much worse of a time against Cobb Radish. It's been righties that have had more of the success, which, you know, maybe it does lead you to Willie Adamas a little bit more. But I'm not going to uh, take part in any Rowdy Tellez. All right. Uh, let's now move on to the outfield position here. Uh, tell me about your top outfielders for the day. I mean, it's just impossible not to just mention Mookie Betts or J.D. Martinez or both or all of the above and, like, Danny Martinez hits a home run every night against right-handed pitching. If there's right-handed pitcher on the mound, he's going to homer. And it's just we have to accept that fact at this point. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. And, Mookie, and Mookie Betts has arguably been as good. Not, not in terms of power, but he's been super productive lately. He has had, I'll say, Martinez has been better lately. Mookie Betts has had a higher ceiling because he has back to he had back-to-back Two home, run games. home run games yeah. like where he flashed he also stole a base in one of those games, like 43 fantasy points. Imagine getting that in your lineup. You're like, it's on a five game slate, on a five game slate. I think Dodgers are going to be pretty popular on it, especially on a five game slate. So 
Um, almost you may be forced into playing some Dodgers here just to get yep. your uh, lineup fill. Uh, any other top for, uh, outfielders for you? Um, nothing in terms of price. I think we all can agree that and I, I'm going to stay. I like Corbin Carroll tonight. Yeah, the other okay. top price guy here. Uh, has some power, obviously. Has a solo base potential. I know Josiah Gray is not giving up home runs uh, any, anymore this year. Like Not at the rate he was last year. Uh, but still, Corbin Carroll is an elite guy there. He walks a lot of guys. And Corbin yeah. Carroll has a lot of speed. Yes, uh, agreed with you there. And then the Giants outfielder's got a bump. Yes. Uh, some of them are still cheaper, but Conforto's at 46. Peterson's at 45. He's Trempsey's 43. So not necessarily the value that they were on the larger slates we've seen the last two nights, but all of them will be in play here again. I'm sure we're both in agreement there. Yeah, I think the, the pricing is interesting. I think the lineup was interesting. We saw Conforto in the middle of it. Yastrzemski down hitting seventh. So even behind Hanniger, maybe Yastrzemski yeah. probably last. So that Hanniger group is the cheapest with a group at 41. Yep. So if Yastrzemski's hitting seventh again, he's probably the least likely I'd get to because 4,300 for a seven-hitter. Eh. Yeah, we didn't talk about Lamonte Wade, but he's also just thrown into the, the lump there. He's not outfield eligible. He's infield. $4,800. I know. It's super expensive now. That's again, that's the, the pricing was the reason we didn't really bring him up, but right. uh, he's, I mean, he's been on fire as well. So the, sure. the Giants, again, are, are going to be uh, a pretty strong play here. Um, other value guys that I've been kind of taking a peek at here uh, Jake McCarthy, we're still down there, um, pairing up with, with Gordon Carroll. That's fine. And then Austin Hayes. I mean, we talked about it. Like he's just been a guy that's hit righties a little bit better on the year. So, uh, I don't mind Austin Hayes there as some value in the outfield. Yeah, 319, 360, average 366 Woba for Hayes against righties. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that same team, John. And I hate to do this to my fellow Yankees brethren, but how about some Aaron Hicks question mark? I mean, he's kind of been good. And, yeah. and we've talked about it a couple times. Like, he's hitting in the middle of this order, which is scary, obviously, because he hasn't hit in a year and a half. But. Uh, and he's been like leading into this stretch. He had always been a decent power bat from the left side, but he always hit better from the right side of the plate. Mm -hmm. But Colin Ray doesn't get lefties out. Hicks has hits in four of his last five games since arriving in Baltimore. He's playing every day. He's been on base in all five, five straight games. Like, I don't know. I don't know, John. I, like it. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. And then my last value play is going to be Luke Rayleigh. Okay. Um, again, I'm just, that guy hits nothing but extra base hits, right? So, uh, if you're not a believer in Bailey over kind of like where I'm at here, he's got nine homers on the year, uh, against right-handed pitching a 397 Woba, a 317 ISO against right-handed pitching this year. So, uh, Luke Rayleigh, uh, as well in the value tier, who's your outfield fade for today? I'm going to stick with the Brewers theme on today's program and go with Christian Yelich. Um, I know he's been a little better, especially in the stolen base category, but Kyle Bradish has just shut down left-handed bats this year. They have a 700 OPS and a 312 Woba against him. They're not doing much. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go fading Yelich, fading Rowdy Tellez in the infield. So I'm sticking uh, with the Brewers fade theme. I'm going to go uh, with a team fade here, and that's the uh, Rockies outfielders. Not going to, I like Alex Cobb here today. Uh, I know, again, traditionally you got cores and you want to play cores here, 
Um, but like, I, I just don't want anything to do with Blackman at his price and, and just, you know, Grichuk and Profar, Doyle, like those guys for me, I, I'm just going to be out on them uh, for this particular slate. Sometimes you got to make some stands here and uh, I'm going to go anti-Colorado in course on this one. I respect it. Uh, let's uh, go about it and uh, go to our top uh, calls of the night, our Grandes Gems and Pemba imprints here, James. Why don't you give me the Grande Gems plays of the day? So my gems are going to be my home run call is J.D. Davis, as I alluded to earlier. I think he's in for a big night, including the entire Giants team, uh, because they are my top stack of the night as well. Uh, so top stack is going to be J.D. Davis. Our top home run, my home run call, J.D. Davis, top stack, the Giants. My contrarian stack, I think this has been pretty much portrayed this entire uh, program as well. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Orioles against Colin Ray. They have a lot of lefties that they could throw at him. Uh, I'll go with the Orioles as my contrarian stack. My star of the night is going to be Thyro Estrada, who, you know, both you and I profiled as one of our top plays at each position mm -hmm. um, or in the infield spot and really i think on the entire slate so thyro estrada is my star of the night and my value play of the night is going to be ryan o'hearn i just mentioned um I, I love the fact that you could play him in the infield or the outfield first base or outfield eligible um is an elite combination so i'll i will go with ryan o'hearn as my value play i like it uh for me my home run call is gonna be mookie bets we're gonna go there tonight leading on for the dodgers uh, I think Mookie is also going to be the star of the night, just kind of keeping it going good with that with that run there. Uh, top stack will be the Dodgers here. I also like the Rays as a contrarian stack. Uh, both of them are expensive, so if you're looking for a value stack uh, here as well, uh, I think Washington could be a good va uh, contrarian value stack to go up there against Merrill Kelly here tonight. Uh, then my value play, I mentioned them in the outfield, but Luke Rayleigh, uh, just a ridiculous amount of power against right-handed pitching and Bailey over uh, due for some level of regression here. And we talked about it, just Tampa Bay uh, as a whole hammering right-handed pitching. So home run call, Mookie Betts, top stack Dodgers and Rays as a contrarian play. Nationals could be a little bit of a value stack. Um, and Luke Rayleigh is the value play here for tonight. Uh, James, a couple minutes left in the show. Let's go build the lineup, sir. Let's get it. And guys, okay. don't forget to like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. True. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. We appreciate it. Uh, Glass now in the lineup. And sure. what's your, what, you want to go Bradish here? I'm down with it. Uh, we can go. Let's go Cobb. Cobb, okay. Yeah, I, I like like Bradish is an option, and I, I like him, but I feel a little better about Alex Cobb. All righty. Uh, catcher position here. What's our What is our cat? Is it Bailey? Probably. All right, Bailey or Sable, one of the two. Probably one of the two, yeah. Okay, let's let's go. Let's go the expensive one. If we need to pivot, we can. First base here. You like the O'Hearn. I don't mind going O'Hearn at first. Yeah, he we can play him at first in the outfield. So if we have a like spend up that we must have, then yeah. I'm okay with that. If not, I think O'Hearn's a good value. We both agreed on Estrada here at second. Yep. Uh third base. Did we want to use Gunner? Did we want to use Ellie? We could do, I mean, we could split the difference and possibly do um, both using Elliott shortstop sure. as a okay. good value because then we'll probably be able to get Dodgers in the outfield. Sure, I like that. Ellie, all right, $4,800 here. So we want JD for sure. Yep. And we want Mookie Betts. Yep. And JD, and that is $3,500. 
Uh, let's see here. Is was there a thirty five hundred dollars first? Oh, Rayleigh, beautiful. Rayleigh, yep. There it is. Glassnow, Cobb, Sable, O'Hearn, Estrada, Henderson, Dela Cruz, Betts, Martinez, and Rayleigh. Uh, that's the look at the early slate here for uh, Thursday's uh, Five Gamer. We'll be back live at 5 o'clock Eastern for the main slate. If you have any questions, get us in Discord. James and I will talk to you all later.